Good morning, church family and friends. While it's been a little bit since we have seen each other, but I just want to tell you what a blessing it is to be a part of your life. Valley Community Church is a church that loves one another. We also love the Word of God, and we're going to dive right into the Word. We've been talking about our hiding place. And today we want to express how rewarding it is to be a person that digs into this hiding place. Now, before we dive into the Word, I do want to share with you, next week we will be putting on our webpage uh, a prophecy that has been written for us. Uh, In addition, it will be some of the things that the Lord has shown me, helping you and me to understand what are the next steps. I know sometimes we we feel like, when are we ever going to gather together again? We're going to gather together when the Holy Spirit tells us to do that. And uh, we understand governmental, we understand uh, belonging to an organization called Foursquare, all the above, all the rules, all the regulations. And in my heart, I want to gather today. But we're not going to do that until we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and we gather. But until then, we're going to give you some next steps. We're going to give you uh, some things that we feel the Holy Spirit is saying to us as a church and for all our friends that are listening and watching us today. So let's do a little review. Uh, We're in a series on the words called hiding place. In Scripture, it uses the word refuge. But refuge means a hiding place, a high tower, a place where you can hide. And we found that God is our hiding place. And in Psalm 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge, hiding place, and strength a very present help in trouble. Last week, we said we all need a hiding place, and we all have a hiding place. In other words, God set it up that way because He's personal. We found out who God is. He's a personal God that wants to spend time with you and wants you to hide, to be with Him at all times. Some, because of difficulty in their lives, find that food becomes their hiding place. (laughs) Twinkies are their hiding place. Money, visa, is their very present strength in a time of trouble. Because through life, things have happened, and they haven't recognized, or maybe you haven't recognized, of this importance and how very rewarding it is to be with God. There are many things that try to replace God and His presence in our lives. We found Scripture tells us the hiding place is what we are to turn to first. And remember, if we don't turn to Him first, it's an idol. Whatever we turn to becomes an idol because we are putting that before God. 
So the conclusion last week is, if you are turning to the wrong hiding place, now we're really going to dig down into some truths. It will not give you strength. If you are turning to something other than God, who is your hiding place, who is my hiding place, then I cannot expect strength to manifest in my life. So that's how important it is as we talk about this, especially in the season and the time frame uh, and the troubles that are out there in the world. Turn to God. God is the only legitimate hiding place. He is the only one that can give you strength and is the only ever-present help in trouble. So again, let me make this statement. And I want you to understand the very reason for this series that God has given me to take you into a deeper walk with God. See, the purpose of this series is to help us make God our hiding place every day. We're going to turn to Numbers 35, and we're going to talk about something that's very interesting in the Old Testament. But we will experience that it also is of the covenant of God, and it is of the New Testament also. In Numbers 35, it gives us a picture of the cities of refuge that were created, the cities of refuge that were created in the Old Testament. We're going to explain what they are and, and what they did for people. Literally, they, as you understand, uh, you will see the picture of someone hiding from literally someone that wants to kill him. In Numbers 35, verse 9 Follow me and read with me, if you would. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, When you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, notice the time frame here, then you shall appoint cities to be cities of refuge, or a city where it can become a place that you hide for you. That the manslayer, wow, look at that term, who kills any person accidentally may flee there, may hide there. By the way, this is actually in our judicial system, we get the term manslaughter. Verse 12. They shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation in judgment. And of the cities which you give, you shall have six cities of refuge. You shall appoint three cities on this side of the Jordan, and three cities you shall appoint in the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge or a hiding place. These six cities shall be for refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger, and for the sojourner among them. Then anyone who kills a person accidentally may flee there, like car accidents today, all right, where someone 
ran over someone with, with an animal or just whatever took place, something happened that someone died accidentally, they could run to this place, and we're going to find out why. These six cities of refuge, Israel is long and narrow, and the Jordan runs right through the middle of it. Nine and a half tribes went across the Jordan of the twelve, and two and a half tribes stayed and did not cross the Jordan. So three cities on each side, totaling six, three were in the north, and three were in the south. So no matter where you lived in Israel, isn't that funny? Some people have have time that they figure this out. So no matter where you lived in Israel, you could get a to a city of refuge, a hiding place within 12 hours. Again, this was if you killed someone accidentally. Scripture also talks about murder. Let's, let's continue to read. But if he strikes him with an iron implement so that he dies, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he strikes him with a stone in the hand by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he strikes him with a wooden hand weapon by which one could die, and he does die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The avenger of blood, listen to this now. The avenger of blood himself shall put the murderer to death. When he meets him, he shall be put to death. We're going to find that that person is the closest kin to the person that was murdered or killed. Verse 20. If he pushes him out of hatred or, while lying in wait, hurls something at him so that he dies, or in enmity he strikes him with his hand so that he dies, the one who struck him shall surely be put to death. He is a murderer. The avenger of blood shall put the murderer to death when he meets him. Verse 22, however, if he pushes him suddenly without enmity or throws anything at him without lying in wait or uses a stone by which a man could die, throwing it at him without seeing him so that he dies while he was not his enemy or seeking his harm, then the congregation shall judge between the manslayer and the avenger of blood according to these judgments." Let's continue. I know it's a lot of Scripture, but I want you to just see uh, the, the correlation here of the hiding place and the avenger. So the congregation shall deliver the manslayer from the hand of the avenger of blood, and the congregation shall return him to the city of refuge where he had fled, and he shall remain there until the death of the high priest who was anointed with a holy oil. But if a manslayer at any time goes outside the limits of the city of refuge where he fled, and the avenger of blood finds him outside the limits of his city of refuge, and the avenger of blood kills the manslayer, he shall not be guilty of blood, because he should have remained in his city of refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the manslayer may return to the land of his possession. 
Now, with all that stated, let's get some spiritual content of God as our hiding place. We have cities of refuge, cities that are a hiding place, whether it's accidental or whether it's a murderer. So we actually see how our judicial system came out of biblical truths. So the question is, why was God so detailed about peace and security? The answer is, God was concerned about a society learning to live in harmony, even though it was filled with evil men. Sounds like today, huh? Sounds like a lot of things that are going on today, what you see on TV, what's going on in our world. God is concerned about this. God is just not sitting back, and a lot of people, their opinions, God's doing this, God's doing that, God's not doing this. We just need to really understand who God is. With the last series, God is what? We found out who he was. But now we need to begin to say, to allow ourselves to experience God being himself with us. But we need to choose rightly, and we need to get to these hiding places. What is the hiding place? It's God. So God, God comes about, cares about every detail of our lives. And he cares about your lives today. Now, let me just say this to you also. God's not bound by time. God is already in tomorrow developing the details for your tomorrow. You are never alone, and there's never confusion with God. Confusion comes from the enemy. Confusion comes from men who are not seeking God and getting into that hiding place, getting into that place with God and really allowing God to speak and to bring peace because God's very concerned about peace. So Numbers 35 speaks of the avenger of blood. The avenger of blood is the nearest family member. So if you killed accidentally, but the relative does not think that way, the city elders of the city of refuge or hiding place will put that person on trial. And if that person is found innocent, watch what happens. The rule, the law here is that person just couldn't go back home. That person would have to live the rest of his life or in the city or until the high priest dies. God was concerned about the victim's family as well as the perpetrator. I'm going to say that again. God was concerned about the victim's family as well as the perpetrator. So watch the way God works. If the city judged the person innocent... He could not go home to his family. So what God was doing was seeing, is this person jealous? Or is this person rebellious? Or is this person, um, his, his life, the trouble that he got into, is there a problem? 
emotionally or personally with this person. So what he had to do was stay in the city of refuge, and there he had to to come under submission to God and to worship God and to move into that realm and allow peace and joy and to get healing in his life. But there are stories that some rebelled and they left the city and they were caught and they were killed. See, we have choices to make. When we're talking about the hiding place, when we're talking about choosing the right thing by being with God and not allowing the world to teach us things as a sense of, what true character and true godliness is, but we allow God to teach us that. We allow God to teach us righteousness. We allow God to teach us justice. We allow God to teach us all these things. Then what will happen is the world will begin to become a better place. See, anyone can go to these cities and be saved. So in other words, it just wasn't, you know, this type of person or this type of uh, of family. It was anyone that was in Israel. This tells us God doesn't have a priority list. <laughs> Every person has equal access to the city of the hiding place and has access to God. There is always hope with everybody. There's not one person that can say, well, it's, it's too bad. You know, this happened as a child. I did this. I did that. Everybody has a chance. But you have to choose. Are you going to dive into this intimacy with God? Or are you going to uh, flail around with what the world is doing and what religious people do. Here's a problem. There are many people who don't attend church because they're angry at God, and they're bitter towards God. And they don't want to be in that hiding place with Him. They don't want to be around Him. Thinking God didn't come through when they went to Him the first time, They might have heard a a good sermon about the hiding place or a secret place or a city of refuge or whatever, and and they went there, and things just seemed like it got worse. So they got bitter and angry at God, and they're flailing away in life, and they're trying to find some type of peace, some type of justice in their life. And I want to tell you, it only comes, strength only comes through God. See, we must understand we are not on the same timetable with God. You know the timetable we want or desire. See, we, that does not work with the Lord. We want Him to have things done at a certain time when we pray and a certain length of time goes and there's no answer, then God just... I don't know what's wrong with God, and we're going to go ahead and figure it out another way. Many people quit early in their prayer life. There's a story years ago, a farmer got ticked off at God and wrote a letter to the city paper, small town. What he said 
gives me, <laughs> I'm going to use the term, uh, heebie-jeebies. He stated, all summer, I didn't go to church on Sunday. I stayed home, and I worked my field. He continued, by the way, I believe my crops will be just as good as my neighbors who went to church. You ever know anybody like that that, that says, I don't need God. Look, life is the same here. I don't see any difference. But the editor wrote back and said, the problem, sir, is you believe God settles all his accounts in October. Harvest time. The editor says, just because your crops are good in October doesn't mean it hasn't been settled. Doesn't mean that God is not working on it or doesn't mean that maybe God is going to penalize someone in the process of this because of their evil. Remember, we're talking about the city of refuge. What about your family? What about your health? Your joy and your peace? See, I'm doing what I'm doing now because, you know, God, he's just, he's just not answering my prayer. I've given up on him. I'm not going to go to this hiding place, Pastor. I don't need that. I'm just going to go do my own thing. I'm going to go get my peace somewhere else. We pray for something, and if God doesn't answer by October, we're upset or we're bitter at God. We don't turn to God as the hiding place, and it literally becomes a last resort instead of the first thing we choose to do. I just want to say this, because I I say this to myself a lot. God will never be second. Doesn't matter what, what thing or situation we're involved in. God will never be second. See, the story in Numbers gives us the two rules of the hiding place, but I'm going to give you three things to think about today. And we'll close with these. See, there are two rules of the hiding place, which is our refuge. First, the hiding place, the city of refuge, is for the righteous. It's for the righteous. The cities of refuge were not for the guilty. They were for the righteous. Because in order for you to enter into uh, the presence of God, to walk in peace and joy in this life, having security in God, you must be born again. In order to go into the city of refuge, the the, the elders would judge you outside the gates whether you were innocent or guilty. And if you were guilty, you were not allowed to go in. A hiding place is not a place for sin. See, and I think that's where uh, for years that I, I misplaced what this hiding place was in my life. Because I thought the hiding place was, oh man, I just, I just can't handle life. I just can't, you know, this, all this stuff going on in my life, it's hard and, and I just need to go hide with God. No, no, no. No, it's not about sin. 
A hiding place is not a place for sin or the sinner, but for the righteous. The righteous means right standing with God. See, I have a lifestyle that I acknowledge I may sin, but I repent. Now, I know this message is strong today, but I really sense um, in the second shutdown from our government in California, I really sense a real attack of the enemy. And there are a lot of people falling into depression and frustration and anger. And, and there was a, a vicious attack of the enemy uh, on the family. And I just want to say to you, in Jesus' name, he has no authority in your home. And I want you to rise up and understand you have victory. And whatever goes on in the next few weeks, rise up and go in a hiding place, but go in as a son or a daughter of God. Go in as a person that's not perfect. None of us are perfect. But you are righteous. You are in Christ. So the question is, what's the difference between a saint and a sinner? Well, a saint is a sinner that is washed with the blood of Jesus Christ. Someone who will turn to God. Someone who admits it and quits it. See, that's what we're talking about. That when we mess up, we admit it and we quit it. And we don't do it anymore. And the reason why we you know, fall into this and fall into that and fall into depression and fall into bitterness and fall into all this. See, we're falling into that because we're, we're not admitting the weaknesses in our life and we need the strength of God, but we need to move into it as sons and daughters and not move into it as a sinner who's lost, doesn't know what to do, can't do anything because everything's falling apart. It's not falling apart. God's plans will always take place in your life. But you got to choose to live that lifestyle that every day you're in the hiding place with God. See, the hiding place is for the righteous, and the way you become righteous is you take responsibility for your sin. God cannot be your hiding place when you are walking in rebellion. See, that's why he had them stay in the city, and they couldn't go home. Even though they were judged innocent, they couldn't go home. They had to stay in the city until the high priest died. And I want you to recognize that there are seasons in your life that you will face. And in this, what God did was he told them, you will stay in the city, and I'm going to check out whether you're going to be rebellious or not to what I'm asking you to do. And in the process of that, this is a season because one day the high priest will die. And you'll be able to move into a new season. One day in your life, there are situations you are facing. You must recognize is that God is doing something very unique in your life. And you have to grab a hold of it and understand that. And stay in that hiding place and know who you are in Christ and especially know who He is. Hmm. Let me give you an illustration. If someone tells you at work, your boss wants to see you, do you become fearful? 
you should walk in his office with no fear because you are doing well for the company. You're a hard worker. You're a child of God. You do things well. This is not a hard thing to understand in the realities of what God is asking of us. If you're doing things right with a right attitude, no worries. If you're in rebellion, unforgiving, easily offended, you should worry. Again, refuge or a hiding place for the righteous doesn't mean I don't do wrong, but when I do wrong, I acknowledge it and I repent. And watch this. Then I change. Remember the statement I've made for years? If you want change in your life, who needs a change first? You. Let's now see how, how good the hiding place is. We're going to spend a couple of weeks on this, but Psalm 91, these are the rewards of the hiding place. And I'm going to read, I've read a lot of scripture today, but I'm going to read the whole chapter. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings. You shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrows that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come not near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, hiding place, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So first, the hiding place is for the righteous. Let's look at the second one. We've already said this. The hiding place is not for the rebellious. Other scriptures tells us the, the elders judge you outside the gate, and if found guilty, you cannot even go into the city. But let me give you a question. Will God forgive? <laughs> Absolutely. Of course. But let me just tell you, in rebellion... Prayers are not answered. Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice just to have this, this amazing relationship with God that do whatever you want to do, think the whatever you want to think, just live life beautifully, 
and God will answer all your prayers. Wait, 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 no, wait a minute, no. God said, I want you to put no one before me. And I want you to come to me and choose for me, God speaking, to be your hiding place. See, rebellious people won't get joy and peace, and it's not God's fault. It's because I was turning to someone other than God. We were turning to someone other than God. God is saying, come to me. I want to be your hiding place. I want to bless you. I want to overwhelm you with blessings. Isaiah 48, 22 says this, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. No peace for the wicked. So the question, who is the avenger of blood? The word avenger is used only this time in Numbers 35. The word avenger. 104 other times the same word that is translated in Numbers 35, avenger, is used and is translated redeemed. In the book of Ruth, it refers to Boaz as the near kinsman redeemer. His right is to execute righteousness. So the avenger always refers to God, and the Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So let's just take a, a breath right now because I've been very strong in some of the things and encouraging you to be the man, the woman of God that absolutely chooses the right thing and absolutely understands just the, the blessings of being in the hiding place and the abundance of blessings that take place. And you need to understand these things. Satan is the accuser. Jesus is the acquitter, the redeemer. Satan is the condemner. Jesus is the convictor. Here's the third thing I wanted you to see. We're just going to touch on this and we'll dive into it next week. God is the redeemer of all things. Go to God first. Folks, don't rebel. See, in the hiding place where God's presence overwhelms you with a redeeming life and a lifestyle, you have total victory when you choose or when your choice is the hiding place. I want to speak to some of you that have struggled in this reality of what I'm saying. Because you have found your life. You have, you have literally found just hardship. And you've tried to make that step towards God and to, to really move into a new realm with God. But it just seems like every time you stand up, something slaps you down. 
I want to tell you, that's not the plan of God. But here's the point. Admit it and quit it. There are people that have offended you for years. Admit it and quit being offended. There are people that are saying things to you that you still receive, and you've been with me. You've gone through the whole aspect of who God is, and you were created in the image and likeness of God. And I want you to recognize you are a child of God. And whatever people have accused you of, even though maybe years ago or last week it was true, forgiveness is there. And what you must rise up and, and allow yourself to see who you really are. But you can only see who you really are as when you hang out with God in that hiding place. We have to be these people to make that choice. It just doesn't happen. You again have total victory when your choice is the hiding place. God bless you. You have a great future because you choose God. Thank you, Pastor. That was a wonderful message. You may be watching this today and saying there's so much turmoil in the world. There's so much fear. There's so much heartache. Could it really be true that there is a true Redeemer, not just in a religious sense, but somebody, a Redeemer that loves me, that wants to, do, wants to help me personally? Is this really a reality? And I'm here to tell you, friend, yes, it is. It is a reality. In fact, God loves you so much that if you were the only one that would have received his gift of grace, he still would have come and sent Jesus to go to the cross for you to pay the price. He wants to have that personal relationship with you and to help you through the toils and the turmoil and the pressures of life. Think of it. When we become born again, what we call being saved, that's just a a term that really just means receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we do that, we enter into a very precious and real relationship. You see, God the Father is in heaven. Jesus was sent to the earth. He went to the cross. He took our sins. He died upon that cross. And three days later, he rose again. And then a few days after that, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. But he sent God the Holy Spirit to this earth to become one with you. What a gift that's been given to mankind. This is why we just don't have mere religiosity, but we have the right to intimate relationship with Almighty God. When we enter into that relationship with God, we have his knowledge, his understanding, his wisdom, his favor on our behalf. And he wants to bring that love, that kindness, that goodness into your life as well. 
You may be saying, yeah, but you don't know. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the hardships that I'm dealing with. right. You don't know the mess that I've made out of my life. Well, I'm here to tell you I made a mess out of my life as well many years ago. And I thought that there was no hope for me. I felt like literally I was just trash, the trash of the earth. And I had no place in society ever again. But the Lord picked me up. He cleaned me up. And he sent his very spirit to dwell on the inside of me. And he gave me a purpose in life. And here I am today. And I want to tell you that you still have a purpose. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. Uh, God is the God of do-overs. He's the God of the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and on and on and on chance. And he'll turn your life around if you'll just ask him to come in and to help you with your life. If you'll turn your life over to him, let him take the wheel and let him steer a, a level course, a straight course through this life. You'll be so glad that you received him into your heart. It's not hard. It's easy to receive him. It tells us in Romans ten nine and 10, it says that if you believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, in other words, if you believe that he is Lord, that he is God, that he went to the cross on your behalf. And then it says, if you will confess with your mouth, in other words, if you'll speak out, Jesus, I believe you paid that price for me. I believe and I want your gift of grace that you came to this earth to give. I want that in my life. Will you please come into my life? Will you change me? Will you take control of my life? If you'll do that, I can guarantee uh, you better fasten your seatbelt because you'll never be the same. And you'll look back many years later and you'll say, I'm so glad I made that choice. Can I pray with you today? Father, I just give you praise for those who are at the sound of my voice responding to this message and receiving you as their Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for new life. We thank you, Lord, as they ask you into their heart that you are, you come right in. And Lord, that you are I ask that you wrap your arms around them now and fill them with your love. Fill them with your spirit, Lord God. Oh, just put your arms around them. Let them sense your presence right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I give you praise for my new brothers and my new sisters that are responding to this message. And also for those who have grown grown cold in your relationship for the Lord, with the Lord, this is your time to come back into the family and say, Lord, forgive me for my wanderings. Forgive me for being insensitive to you. Forgive me for my life growing cold and going my own way in life. Forgive me. And Father, I thank you for welcoming them back today. Lord, we give you praise for the great work of grace that you're doing today. And we thank you for your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you'll just uh, respond into the comment section on the right-hand side of the screen, just leave a little comment and saying, just say, I prayed the prayer today with Pastor Dan. I received Jesus into my heart, or I rededicated my life to the Lord. We'd just like to rejoice with you and celebrate. And for those of you who just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to know what heaven is doing at this very moment. There's a grand celebration going on in heaven. Angels are rejoicing. The Lord is so pleased that today... You received him into your heart. 
For the rest of all of us, all of our Valley Community Church family, it's been good being with you today. I would admonish you to take the notes that you've downloaded off the screen. Go over Pastor Gary's sermon. Allow the Lord to expound on those truths and that you would truly make Jesus your hiding place in every endeavor of life. We look forward to being with you next Sunday. Have a great week. God bless you.